You are Locked On SEC, your daily podcast on the Southeastern Conference. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's happening, everybody? Welcome into Locked On SEC. Great to have you guys along on today's show. LSU finally hires their next head baseball coach. We'll tell you who that is. Tennessee dismisses freshman quarterback Caden Salter after his second legal issue of the offseason. And Chrissy Freud, who covers college and the pros for USA Today, the Draft Network, and SI.com. She released her SEC quarterback rankings for next season. We'll run through each of those with her. And we'll give you the latest from Omaha as Vandy and Mississippi State fight today for their chance to advance to the championship series. I'm Chris Gordy. Be sure to follow Locked on SEC for free wherever you get your podcasts. Get the latest episode of this podcast three days a week. But we'll uh, ramp back up to five days a week once we get closer to football season. All right, let's jump into it. we got a lot to discuss. Let's go around the conference. Boots out to the right. Makes the handoff. What a catch. Around the conference. It was a wild co- coaching search that uh, had a lot of names thrown out the last couple of weeks. But LSU baseball is set to hire Arizona's Jay Johnson to replace Palmineri as their next baseball coach. News was first reported by Kendall Rogers of D1 Baseball. LSU AD Scott Woodward was set on a big name, and he landed a rising star in Johnson, who is 44 years old and has taken Arizona to the College World Series twice in his five seasons there. This year, Arizona led the nation in runs scored and led the Power Five in batting average and on base percentage. And under Johnson's watch, 14 Arizona Wildcat players have been picked in the first 10 rounds of the MLB draft before this season. We are coming down the stretch of play out in Omaha at the College World Series. The two SEC teams that remain today, 2 p.m. Central. Vandy will take on NC State. Vandy needs to win this one in order to force another matchup on Saturday for a chance to advance to the championship series. We expect Kumar Rocker likely to go in this one and then Jack Leiter to pitch Uh, if a game is needed on Saturday. Tonight, it will be Mississippi State taking on the winner of the Texas-Virginia game, and State's in the driver's seat there. If they win tonight, they automatically advance to the championship series, which will get underway starting on Monday in Omaha. In SEC football news, Tennessee quarterback Caden Salter has been dismissed from the program. The school confirmed he touted four-star prospect, originally committed to the Vols during Jeremy Pruitt's time leading the program. Remained firm to his commitment. Following Pruitt's firing, though, Salter was one of the most vocal signees to express his desire to still play for Tennessee. He was rated uh, the number 18 quarterback in the nation. However, off the field, he twice ran into legal issues since getting to Knoxville. Salter was suspended for all of Tennessee's spring camp under Josh Heupel, which all but eliminated him from basically competing for the starting job. And after returning from suspension following uh, the campus incident, revolving uh, theft in the dorms. Salter was stopped and cited for marijuana possession just this past week. So apparently that was the last straw for Coach Heupel as Caden Salter no longer a member of the Tennessee football program. Speaking of quarterbacks, five-star, soon-to-be junior quarterback Arch Manning continues his recruiting tour. He will arrive in Athens this weekend to visit Kirby Smart's program. Over the past few weeks, Manning has made visits to Clemson, Alabama, Texas, SMU. While he still has two seasons left of high school football to play before he has to choose a college, Manning has quickly turned into arguably the biggest target in the nation for a lot of the elite football programs, currently rated as the number three overall prospect for 2023 and, of course, the number one quarterback prospect 
having that name Manning, but man, he just looks the part, and everybody's trying to get in on this kid. We'll see if Georgia can impress him this weekend. A few other recruiting tidbits. Three days after receiving an offer to play his college football in Tuscaloosa, Florida athlete Amari Neblack announced his decision to commit to Alabama. He's rated as the number 41 athlete in the nation. Some believe he could play either wide receiver or tight end, but he is likely to uh, stay at wide receiver. Florida Gators, they added their 10th verbal commitment this week as they got a pledge from three-star athlete Jamarian Burt from the state of Florida. Burt is rated number 66 athlete in the country. Six foot one, 175 pounds, has over a dozen offers. The latest example of governors jumping on board with the NIL, Kentucky Governor Andy Bashir has signed an executive order to allow name, image, and likeness compensation for college athletes in the state of Kentucky. He's the first governor to allow the NIL by executive order. Other states that have already signed on for the NIL starting July 1st include Florida, Georgia, Texas, Alabama, among others. Who is going to win the SEC East this season? Well, Phil Steele thinks that's an easy question as he appeared on the Paul Feinbaum show this week. He said he just thinks Florida's schedule is tougher this year than Georgia's, and that's why he thinks Georgia will reclaim their dominance in the division while Florida takes a step back. He did point out that uh, the Gators will have to play a road game at LSU and Alabama. Those are the two teams they draw in the West while Georgia gets Auburn and Arkansas. In SEC Hoops news, the ninth edition of the Big 12 SEC Challenge has been officially set as the two power conferences will face off on January 29th, 2022. Some highlights in the matchups include national champion Baylor playing at Alabama, West Virginia at Arkansas, Oklahoma at Auburn, Oklahoma State travels to Florida, Kentucky returns a visit to Kansas, and LSU will play at TCU. One other intriguing matchup is Tennessee and Rick Barnes as Rick Barnes returns to his former school playing at Texas. Speaking of Tennessee hoops, freshman Keon Johnson broke the vertical leap record at the NBA Draft Combine this week. He recorded a vertical jump of 48 inches that broke the previous record by 2.5 inches, and his standing vertical leap registered at 41.5. The SEC All-Freshman Team selection is expected to hear his name called very early in next month's NBA Draft. And one other note on Tennessee. After 20 years as their softball head coach, Ralph Weekly is retiring Lady Vols will still be playing for a Coach Weekly next year. His wife, Karen Weekly, will assume all head coaching responsibilities, and she has been extended through June 2025. There you go. That is around the conference. When we return, we're going to be joined by Chrissy Freud. A lot of people have pinned her as a quarterback guru, studying a lot of the quarterbacks heading into next season. We'll discuss all 14 of her rankings across the SEC next. Need to remind you guys about Bet Online, still the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. We got baseball every night. We've got NBA playoffs in the thick of it. Some really good games happening, and you could get in on all the action over at Bet Online. Get the latest news, get odds, info, and all your sporting needs on all the sports. 
Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. This is your chance to get into the game. Before the next game, head over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device. Check out all their great sporting news. They got sign up bonuses, contest information. And the best part is if you head to their website right now, you can do it on your mobile device. Sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's 50%. Bet Online. Use the promo code LOCKED ON. That's L O C K E D O N. 50% off your first deposit. They are Bet Online. They are your online sportsbook experts. Roll along here, locked on SEC. And never too early to keep looking ahead to next college football season. Of course, we've still got the College World Series going on. But as we do look ahead, a lot of uh, season preseason rankings and all kinds of stuff coming out. And uh, I saw one drop this week, and I said, oh, this is intriguing. Chrissy Freud, uh, who covers college and the pros for USA Today, the Draft Network, SI.com. She put out her uh, SEC quarterback rankings, and we're going to dive into that with her in just a little bit. Uh, but she joins us now. Chrissy, what's going on? A lot, honestly. A lot of moving parts. <laughs> I, I noticed with you, So, and by the way, you can follow Chrissy on Twitter, at Chrissy underscore Freud, but a lot of folks have pinned you as a quarterback guru with all the time you, you spend studying quarterbacks and the analytics and everything, and uh, I, I guess... This whole thing with the draft that just ended a couple months ago, you've been pretty busy this last handful of months. Yeah, I worked with basically every single quarterback that got drafted except for Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields, I want to say. And then a lot of the undrafted free agent signings, even the tryout players, it extends down into there because I know that I had at least 20. And then I had a few other prospects like Kylan Hill was a running back and uh, just a couple others that – I worked with outside of quarterbacks, but yeah, it was super, super busy uh, before the draft and it's still busy even after the draft because I mean, you finish the draft and then you go right back into the draft, except just way too early. Yeah, no doubt. I, I did want to ask you, I mean, across the SEC, we love rankings and just this week you released your uh, SEC quarterback rankings one through 14 obviously there's still some quarterback battles going on at some schools uh and these could fluctuate but before we jump into those I do want to rewind a little bit uh like you said you spent some some time this offseason studying the quarterbacks in this past draft of the three SEC quarterbacks that were drafted Mac Jones Kyle Trask Kellen Mond was there one of those guys that you look at and say I really want to see what they do at the next level Definitely Mac Jones. I think that he landed in about the best position he could have. I think New England has always done a really good job developing the pocket passer. And to me, I'm partial to the pocket passer. A lot of people who follow my work know this about me. I think that it's intriguing and that it can be good sometimes to have a quarterback who can run. But I prefer about 80% passing 20% running because at the end of the day, the way that I see it is the quarterback is supposed to have the mental toolbox. He's supposed to be able to throw the ball well and then run if he needs to maybe throw in a few design quarterback runs if he has it. But one thing that I don't like is this trend of, I see a lot of quarterbacks now. It's like, oh, he's kind of, he's developing as a passer. We think that he can make it as a passer, but he's such a good runner. If you if your supporting uh, cast is adequate and your offensive line is ad- adequate, then you don't have a need for a quarterback that runs around all the time. And to me, it speaks volumes about your offense as a whole if you need that. 
Yeah, no doubt. And, and it's it's so tough when I look at a guy like that, like Mac Jones, who played with elite five-star talent all around him. I mean, you're talking about across the O-line, at receiver, at tight end. Is it a little harder when you evaluate a guy like that who's just surrounded by immense talent everywhere? Yeah, I think it it is to a certain extent. But one thing that I feel like you learn whenever you're studying quarterbacks is to really zero in on them themselves because there are certain things that you can tell about a quarterback like mechanics and decision making and how quick their releases stuff like that without looking at the receivers at all uh but outside of that that's why you go to places the showcases like the senior bowl that exist because those guys have all these people that the majority of them they've never played with before. And I thought that Mac Jones was still far and away the best quarterback at the senior bowl and that it's not possible to do that. If you are relying totally on a very elite Alabama supporting cast. Do you buy anything into the, cause we, we heard about all oh, these coaches are just so impressed by, you know, first guy in last guy out. Yes, sir. No, sir. I mean, do you put any stock into that? Cause obviously teams fall for that kind of stuff outside of just the, the talent on, on the field. Yeah, not entirely. I mean, I can kind of see both sides of it, though. Yeah, it's it's just so funny when, you know, we, we start hearing the talking season, I always call it, leading up to the draft, where it's, oh, this guy's really climbing up boards. like, well, wait a minute, we haven't played any games since December. How is this guy moving up? And it's, a, oh, you find out he wowed him in the interviews and all that kind of stuff. But, uh, all right, let's jump into your, your SEC quarterback rankings for this offseason. And I want to start at the, uh, the bottom tier. We'll go 10th. 10 through 14, just kind of lump them all together. You got the Tennessee guys, you got KJ Jefferson at Arkansas, Ken Seals at Vandy, the two Kentucky guys, and then Luke Doty at South Carolina. Of that group, very mixed bag. Ken Seals, we've seen play the most. Uh, small sample size on Doty, Jefferson, uh, Bo Allen, and Joey Gatewood. What's your overall takeaway from some of those guys that you have at the bottom? I would say of those that KJ Jefferson is probably the most intriguing. I've talked to some people uh, coach-wise who have worked with him. Um, I think that Arkansas in general is a team to watch purely for the reason that they had not won an SEC competition, and I can't even remember how long, and they took three games last year. And so there's kind of the feeling that maybe with the non-conference games being added that they're on the up, and then if uh, KJ can kind of fix some of his mechanics and his footwork, which he seems to be fixing so far, that uh, that's going to help a lot. We didn't really see much of him uh, in the past, but still just looking at the stat sheet, it's just kind of makes your skin crawl when you see like a 48% completion percentage. So I've heard a lot of good things about him. I think he throws a deep ball really well. I think that there's a lot of stuff to work with, and he's a guy that's either going to be a quick riser or he's going to go like straight down to 13, 14, and hang around there uh, for a while. Ken Seals was a, a kid that I really liked a lot whenever I first, first saw him. Um, and I still give him credit now because it's hard to play for Vanderbilt. They're pretty terrible all around, just to put it bluntly. <laughs> uh, but I thought that he showed um, just good poise in the pocket, ability to stand in the pocket, to be a guy who's so young. And I thought that he was able to show us that he had a good foundation despite not really having a lot to work with and not really having the best offensive line with, within a team that is uh, – pretty much the worst in the sec and then when you look at bo allen and joey gatewood that's one that can go either way i think i've seen a lot more people uh, leaning toward bo allen as of now so there's not a lot of film to look at on either of them 
but they're going into a quarterback friendly offense with Liam Cohen. And so I would like to think that as Kentucky completely changes its identity going from the triple option, that one of these guys can flourish and maybe uh, they become a quick riser too. You never really know about the bottom. There's always one of them that comes up and at least makes middle of the pack. And then Luke Doty, I've just never truly been impressed with, which it's another one. You haven't really seen uh, very much of them. And it's kind of sad for the Gamecocks that that is allegedly the best guy that they have to put on the, f- the field. I wish that they wouldn't have let go of Ryan Alinsky because I, I certainly think that he's better than Luke Doty. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I mean, the thing about Luke Doty, though, is what we've seen of him as a passer, it looks like he can't really push the ball downfield, which there's only so much you can say about what little he's done. But if a quarterback can't move the ball downfield at all, they're just, to me, completely dead in the water by really, honestly, pretty much everyone's standards. Yeah, and I guess I should we should mention that the Tennessee guys, obviously Hendon Hooker has some experience coming over from Virginia Tech, but that job's still very much up in the air, and we expect Harrison Bailey is in the driver's seat there, and obviously with a, a good offensive-minded coach now there in Josh Heupel, should make the quarterback play there better at Tennessee, which, you know, look, may not equal wins, but I think a lot of Tennessee fans, the 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 crap play they've had a quarterback the last few years, yeah. they'd, they'd certainly take that. All right, number nine, you have Auburn quarterback Bo Nix. I, I wanted to spend a whole uh, chunk here on just Bo Nix particularly because – in my mind, he's the most polarizing quarterback of this upcoming season in the yeah. SEC because he could take that next step and be really good, or he could just be more of the same, very average quarterback play. What are you expecting out of Bo Nix with the Brian Harson, mike Bobo offense? Yeah, it just seems like we've been waiting an eternity almost for Bo Nix to turn the corner. When it was his freshman season, I was looking at it, I was like, you know, there's some things that he does that are just really, really odd and really poor <laughs> to me. But he also shows some flashes every great once in a while. So it's like you know that he has it in him. But I I honestly don't see Bo Nix turning the corner. I really don't. I think that we've spent um, enough time on him. And I think that if he doesn't really show something within about the first half of this season, um, if I'm Auburn, I'm kind of starting to think about T.J. Finley at that point. Because T.J. Finley is a quarterback that I've watched a lot here. And, yeah, he was the weak link at LSU. But LSU is now – uh, surprisingly, a school that is pretty stacked at the quarterback position. So I think he has a, has a little bit of a gunslinger mentality. Um, I think that there's some things that he needs to work on. I think he needs to work on um, accuracy for sure. But I think that he's got a much better foundation um, than even some of the guys that are going to start in the SEC this year. Yeah, and by the way, quarterback coach Jordan Palmer said that Bo Nix could be the top overall pick in next year's draft. I think he's yeah, uh that's uh, <laughs> that's a really tough scene. I don't know why anyone would that's that's like the boldest of the bold. Like people acted like I was crazy. I was the first person to put Zach Wilson over Trevor Lawrence, which is by a small margin. But people acted like I was nuts and I'm like, why aren't more people freaking out about that? Because that is like Bo Nix would to me would be lucky to even finish out top four in the conference alone. Yeah, that that is the definition of, of of hot take. More with Chrissy Freud right after this. This episode brought to you by Rock Auto. With the ever increasing numbers of makes and models, it is now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts that you need. Why would you endure those pointless and seemingly intimidating questioning like, "Is your Odyssey an LX or an EX?" While you wait. 
while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer, choosing from the brands they want, the brands that their warehouse happens to carry. Uh, You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. Save time and money when you use Rock Auto. Why would you choose to spend 30%, 50%, even 100% more for the same parts from a chain store or car dealership? Rock Auto is a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. Visit rockauto.com right now. See all the parts available for your car or truck and make sure you're right locked on in their How Did You Hear About Us box so that they know that we sent you amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. It's rockauto.com. Built Bar, still the best tasting protein bar ever. Ask you guys all the time, what's your favorite Built Bar flavor? If you didn't know, nine delicious flavors. Uh, when you talk to a Built Bar fan, they're passionate about their favorites. I tell you guys all the time, the mint brownie's my favorite. You got coconut, you got coconut almond, cherry, raspberry, peanut butter brownie, double chocolate. The list goes on. There's something for everybody. And if you haven't tried them all, I recommend go to their website, BuiltBar.com. Get the mixed box where you'll get two of each of their nine flavors. Let you try them all and find which one will be your favorite. But not only are Built Bar flavors the best tasting, they're healthy as well. Many of the flavors packed with 17 or 18 grams of protein, only 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 grams net carbs, nine amazing flavors, all tasty and all healthy. So order them today. Get that raspberry or the mint brownie or the mixed box, whatever you like. Just head to BuiltBar.com. Use our promo code LOCKED15, that's L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5, and you'll get 15% off your first order. Use the promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off over at BuiltBar.com. Try them today. All right, continue our conversation with Chrissy Freud, covering college and the pros, USA Today, the Draft Network, SI.com. A lot of people call her the quarterback guru, studies quarterbacks, and she's got her rankings, uh, the preseason heading into the SEC of uh, ranking the quarterbacks, 1 through 14, obviously still some position battles up in the air. But, uh, Chrissy, let's get into the next few, 5 through 8. You've got the A&M guys, which sounds like Haynes King will be the guy there. Connor Bazelak at Mizzou, the Mississippi State guys, which, by the way, I watched that spring game, and Jack Abraham looked really good in the spring. No offense to Will Rogers. But overall takeaways from those couple of guys. Yeah, I think that when you look at uh, running the air raid offense of Mississippi State between Jack Abraham and Will Rogers, well, Will last year was really the only quarterback they had on the roster to me uh, after KJ was gone. Um, Well, I think that he actually was the only one. They have seven now. So going into this season, um, he's the only one that really seems, I guess, prepped to run the air raid offense because he's actually done it before. But me personally, knowing the air raid offense and being certified in it, I would almost want to lean toward the guy that has more experience because it's a quarterback friendly offense, but the better your quarterback is, the more that you can do well in an offense that is based on repetition and execution. So I personally prefer uh, prefer the element of seniority there. And I watched, I went out when Mike invited me to Mississippi state earlier this off season, I went out and saw both of them on like the, the first day in pads. So of course, Things were not that pretty. It's kind of to be expected. That's not to say that Mississippi State is bad or Mississippi State is good. It's just the first day pads anywhere. Typically, there's a lot to clean up. But I thought that uh, Will Rogers and Jack Abraham looked pretty much neck and neck. I think that I would have given Jack 
uh, the edge a little bit there. And like you said, in the spring game, I thought that Jack Abraham looked really good as well. And I think it's going to really come down to the wire, but it seems like there's a lot of analysts out there that are just saying like, this is Will Rogers' year. And they just totally forget about the fact that they are so close and that, um, that Jack really could take the job. And Mike told me that he's seen some good things from guys like Daniel Greek and Chance Levertich, but obviously it comes down between those two there. And real quick, to, just so our listeners know, you uh, you you studied uh, the air raid offense under Hal Mummy, uh, where he offers like a certification class and all that. So you kind of glanced over that, but that's kind of a big deal, Chrissy, to know what you're you're, <laughs> you're legitimized. You know what you're talking about when it comes to this. Yes. Yeah, that was a uh, you know. That was something that I kind of did just because I wanted to learn a few more things in depth. And because whenever you're an analyst, you kind of start thinking to yourself, especially as someone who's a female that hasn't played football, you kind of start to think, well, like I'm offering my opinions and all these people, but I've never been in their shoes. So I kind of I'm not saying that everyone has to do it or should do it, but I think that just out of respect, it's a good thing to do. And it's really good uh, for credibility and really the coaching avenue entry level is now open to me and that's something that's always intrigued me as well well just so you know a lot of us uh, on the radio and doing podcasts we we didn't play football either so we're we're, <laughs> not, we're not even more qualified either so uh but to get into it I want to get into the top five of your quarterback rankings because there's some really intriguing names here and and realize I think speaks to the talent level of the quarterback play in the SEC this year but you got Emory Jones from Florida at number five. I like his versatility. Maybe not as big of an arm as Kyle Trask. Obviously, you lose some big weapons at Kyle Pitts and, and Kadarius Toney. But what kind of year are you expecting with Emory Jones? And does he provide Dan Mullen some flexibility with the run-pass options? Yeah, I mean, I think that this is a quarterback that you can do just about anything with. I'm curious to see how he continues to develop as a passer because, as I stressed before, that is very, very important. But I think that it's going to go one of two ways. Either you have a Florida offense that can do pretty much everything in the book to you. And they have a quarterback that can line up pretty much anywhere and it works out really well, or it just, you end up with a quarterback that kind of ends up being average all around. And then you're losing your weapons and you don't finish well. Yeah. I thought Florida last year that, you know, we get it. Dan Mullen wants to fling it around the yard, but you know, like, come on, be a, try to be a little bit more balanced. Sometimes try to find a run game. I just felt like last year, Kyle Trask had no help uh, as far as a ground game goes. Uh, number four, you got the LSU pair of Max Johnson and Miles Brennan. Max obviously seems to currently have the upper hand on Brennan, but Brennan, Brennan is the, the savvy veteran who learned behind Joe Burrow, been there a long time. What are your thoughts on the LSU quarterback spot? Well, my issue with Miles Brennan is, yes, I think that he did look good in the spring game, maybe even slightly better than Max Johnson. But the overall product is really, I mean, we still don't know what Miles Brennan is because we've only seen him in small spurts and we were supposed to see him for a full season last year, but that didn't work out because of the injury. Um, but I think in what we've seen of Miles Brennan, especially in that first game against Mississippi State, uh, he just it was a mess it really was a mess on both sides of the ball and you shouldn't expect to see a mess at the quarterback position after he's learned under a guy like Joe Burrow and he's been there so so long and this supposed improvement that we saw from him was against lesser opponents and one of them they lost to so I think that there's a 
decent chance that Miles Brennan could develop into something that I would say is maybe just a little bit above average. But I think that Max Johnson definitely has the upper hand here. As Ed Ogeron has reiterated, there's only one quarterback that finished the season uh, that's still on campus that was 2-0. and And he gave him the first reps in spring practice. I think that he's shown uh, some really good mobility, and I think that he's shown upward momentum as a passer and like, like I said about some of the others, and what very little that we have seen of him. And so I think that you have to, at least to start the season, you have to give the reins to Max Johnson. He's shown you that he can win, and he's got even better coaches and even uh, better guys around him with a little bit more experience now. You got Bama's Bryce Young at three. A lot of unknown here with a guy who has only thrown 22 passes at the college level, but obviously – the talent is there. In your mind, does he hit the ground running from the get-go, or do you think there's going to be some growing pains there? Well, yeah, I think that he was a highly touted recruit for a reason. And the thing about Alabama is they just constantly reload at pretty much every single position. And he learned under a guy like Mac Jones, um, who I thought was one of the, the best quarterbacks to come out of the draft last year. And with Alabama, you've got such a good supporting cast and uh, such a good group of coaches that it's almost impossible to fail unless you really are just missing the mark. <laughs> uh, now into the top two, Georgia quarterback JT Daniels at number two. High expectations for him this year. Georgia has national title hopes. Fans maybe have Heisman hopes for Daniels, but I think we forget he did only play four games last year at Georgia. Granted, he went 4-0 in those games, but are we overhyping Daniels' ability or do you think he's the real deal? Well, I think he maintained consistency over those four games, which I mean, there's still, it's still only four games though. I really liked what I saw out of JT Daniels. And I think that he could quickly become one of the best quarterbacks in the nation. But the reason why I wouldn't give him the number one spot is because of that small sample size. I'm a big sample size person when it comes to the rankings. If I didn't care about that, then he'd be over Matt Corral right now. And that's lastly, you have number one, it's Ole Miss quarterback Matt Corral was top 10 last year in in passing yards, top 10 in touchdowns, big arm, very friendly Lane Kiffin offense, but he was second in the country last year in interceptions with 14. My thought is if Corral cuts down on those turnovers, I got a feeling he's in for a big year and it sounds like you do as well. Yeah, I, I think the thing about him that people get down on is the fact that he did have those games with all those interceptions but in reality I mean even the best of quarterbacks from time to time will have games like that it's something that's a trend that I've seen with really at all levels Uh, but when you look at his stats overall and his performances throughout the season and the fact that he had a 71 percent completion percentage that should show you that those interceptions are not necessarily a reflection of inaccuracy or being careless with the ball entirely because those two don't go hand in hand over a large period of time. But I think that it's really interesting just the way that we've seen him rise after John Rice Pumley was the uh, quarterback before him, which honestly, I'm hoping that they incorporate him into the offense more that we see more of him because that was one of my favorite players to watch. (laughs) Uh, He gave LSU hell on the ground on that national championship season. Yeah, I think a lot of talk of maybe putting him in the slot as a a receiver and kind of just getting him on the field wherever they can. I love it, Chrissy. Great rankings of uh, the SEC quarterbacks. Uh, Before we let you go, uh, this podcast is, is out on a Friday. Mississippi State baseball is in the winner's bracket out in Omaha. They'll play the winner of Virginia, Texas, 
tonight. Just overall thoughts on this team so far. The gutting it out, having that big late inning against Virginia the other night, and you know Landon Sims closing it out. Just kind of your thoughts on this Bulldog baseball team. Do you think they're good enough to win it all? Well, they don't die. I think that they definitely <laughs> showed us that much. So I think that as long as Tanner Allen keeps being Tanner Allen and they can uh, just continue to rally the way that they have, I don't think there's any reason that we can see this team not winning at all. I think it's going to come down to the wire and that there's definitely more difficulty ahead as anybody would expect whenever we're at this level of competition. But I think this is a team that has the fight and it has the talent and it certainly and the ability to go all the way. Chrissy Freud, Freud, great stuff. Follower on Twitter at Chrissy underscore Freud. And I know you got your hand in so many different buckets of, of all the work you do. Is that just the best way to, for people to find your stuff on your Twitter? Yeah, essentially. I could probably talk for 10 minutes and separate everything out that I do. It'd be a mouthful. <laughs> Love it. Great stuff, Chrissy. We'll have to uh, do this again when the uh, season gets closer. Yeah, thank you. All right, that is just about going to do it for this edition of Locked on SEC. Again, my thanks to Chrissy Freud talking her SEC quarterback rankings, looking ahead to next season. Cannot wait means the uh, SEC football season is getting ever so closer. I'm Chris Gordy. We will talk to you guys next week. We'll recap everything going on. Kind of get you set for SEC media days. We'll revisit some of our great interviews from years past at SEC Media Days, and we'll get you set for live upcoming SEC Media Days in just a couple weeks. Quick reminder, you can get all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes with the Locked On Today podcast. Peter Bukowski updates you on the latest news in every major sport with the help of our local experts. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Talk to you guys next week.